Hey, so before we start, I'm watching Maverick again the other night. I hadn't watched this at the theater. Great show. Fucking the soundtrack's awesome. But I couldn't help but think to myself, and I, I wanted I texted you about this. That opening montage, right? They're on the aircraft carrier and the jets are going, and you don't even see any of the actors. All you see is the guys on the deck that aren't pilots, and they're just winging their arms, go for the jets to take off, and they're doing dances to the music. And I was like, yo, if there was a ballad for my morning, at the start of my day, could anything make me look that cool? Like, those guys are not pilots, right? They're on low crouch, and they go point, but it looks like the greatest thing ever, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what would be, what would even be the ballad to your morning? Because I've seen your morning. I've been there recently. Right? It's an early morning. It's an early start. Cover of darkness. <laughs> yes, it is an early start. So I thought about it, man, and it was yeah. I, I just in my mind, I'm like, okay, what would be the just an awesome musical montage soundtrack of me getting up in the darkness of the night alarm the phone goes off right that just annoying eh, eh, eh. wife kind of nudges me hey wake up your phone's going off i roll out of bed very much not wanting to but have to and put my feet on the ground and get up and start the the process the tedious process of getting myself ready and then that long 15 to 20 minute drive i have in the morning to the facility and it somehow makes that drive look fun or cool so there's so many could different it like ways have like a, go, yeah, right? Could it have like a shot of you from like the side just pondering how many <laughs> yes, lives you're exactly. going to change just, today? Just thinking in my mind, like, all right, what do I have to accomplish today? How, what do I got to do for this? And then maybe it goes, the next scene is me in my office and I'm cutting, getting the uh, cut-ups or the meeting ready, or I'm on the board, I'm writing my stuff on my board. Like, or if I was in that teaching classroom environment, right? You're on the board, getting your classroom ready for the students to walk into that into that meeting space, into that meeting room. And it's just this wonderful picture as they come into the door. And it's just like, wow, look at this, this learning environment I just stepped into, right? And then um, it just crescendos and it says, install. <laughs> <laughs> boom. And it, like you have to, you always have to start those things off with the black screen with the white writing as far as the text of saying, it's 4 a.m. in the morning. And Coach Ione's alarm just went off. Monday, install day, number one. You know, and it's just this, all right, here we go. And, and it's got to have the, your kids, like, rolling over in bed. Yes. And, but yep. you're, and you're, like, paused. Yep. Look at this and guy. Like, trying to give him a quick hug without waking him up. Because, if you know, if you wake him up, then the, the mom's going to be pissed off because you woke up the kids at 4 o'clock in the morning, and she's got to be the one to put them back to sleep. Yeah. And, and I don't know if there's the right music for that type of. It's yeah, almost like, I don't know if it's not hip hop. I think it's got to be a slow build ballad. Slow I build. agree. I, and I, I don't know if I could, I couldn't really find one that was just like that Top Gun song that you're, because that's more of instrumental, right? So it's more of like yeah. the instrumental, dramatic, like, uh, and, and, but from a song standpoint, there was a couple ones that, you would like to be playing in your mind. Like if I could play this song every day of my life, it would make me happier on my, on this journey that I'm on in the mornings. <laughs> um, one of them, American authors, best day of my life. This is going to be the best day of my life. Oh, okay. Uh, obviously you, you got uh, Pharrell Williams, happy, just constant 
upbeat. You got Ice Cube. Today was a good day. You've got, um, I even thought of Naughty by Nature, Feel Me Flow. Ooh, that just little. The, that like, beat, yes. right? Yes. And just, uh, so there's just, there's just some options. Um, I love it. Has there any, ever been a more random video set than Naughty by Nature, Feel Me Flow on the ski slopes? On the ski slopes, no. <laughs> There's not a single no. day Tretch has skied. Not one time. <laughs> and I don't think anyone actually is skiing or snowboarding in that not. entire video. They're just on a ski hill having a great time. And it really doesn't <laughs> yeah. match up with, because I've always viewed that as more of a summertime song. And yet the video is is in the wintertime on the, on the ski slopes. It makes zero sense, but it worked for them <laughs> at the time. I love it. Cross the Streams podcast. Keep the cane together. Um, yeah, man, I don't even have a title for this one. This is just us doing a regular pod, which we don't really do that often anymore. No, we always no. got some, uh, we've got an agenda all the time. What is that about being professional with our platform? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's right? just, it's life, right? It's unfortunate. We really started this thing to have the, not have an agenda, uh, of some sort and just kind of have conversations. But at the end of the day, we are falling into the trap of, of life where you have to have an agenda and everything you're doing to a certain extent, structure guidelines, yes. rules, purpose. Yes. Purpose. But what about this? I was just at your house for three days mm -hmm. and we didn't do a pod. No. <laughs> right. Well, that's now it wasn't like I was available through most of that time that you were here to sit down for the time that we would want, have, want to have yeah. uh, to put together a, a, a decent pod. Um, so, yeah. But as you mentioned in the opener, you got a glimpse of, uh, kind of the June schedule and and where I was doing, yeah. which in turn led to us not being able to do a whole lot of pods through the month of June. Right. Okay. Tell the audience if you're willing to share. You and your wife are bad. I thought it's not hilarious. It's not hilarious is the wrong word because I've been there with littles, right? And you're mm -hmm. telling you know Kaisen and Ava, but I I love the battle against the word dude in your house. <laughs> dude, two adults. <laughs> Kaisen might be winning. Oh, he is a hundred percent winning. So, and I know exactly where he got it from because I refer to him as dude all the time. And so in turn, Kyson now refers to anybody and everybody as dude and will end a, he will use it in the absolute perfect time too. He'd be like, all right, dude, or yeah, good night, dude, or okay, mommy, dude. And it's just that sarcastic, just that tone to it. And I'm like, oh, wow. He's damn near he, a stand-up with his timing. It's, un it's it uncanny. Is. It is. And he calls his sister dude just to get under her nerves, under her skin. And I know exactly where he got it from. He got it from me because I will, I have caught myself and my wife will point it out to me like, you just called him dude. Because it's in the moments of when I need him to do something, I'm like, come on, dude. What are you, what are you doing? Or I put your jammas on, dude. Let's go. And he's picked up on that over the course of time. And now it's that's his his work. And it is, is a battle. Listening? It is yeah, a battle. I was to watching get, my get out of it. I was in the front seat with Kane driving and my niece and nephew in the back seat. And you had just said, Hey, hey, Kais, we're we're not gonna call Uncle Kip, dude. And then I watched his ass. He looked left. He looked right at his sister and his smirk started. And he said, 
okay, dude. <laughs> you went into full cast voice. Oh, it was, <laughs> yes, yes. And he there, he is the one that will get me to that point faster than anybody on earth. He knows how to get me to that point very quickly. And Uh-oh. it is Ava is has come to where she she's very smart, or I don't know if smart's not the right word. She's been around long enough, so she knows and where she, yeah, can she can push read the you. buttons. Yeah. She can get yeah. to that line and not cross it. Kyson will get to that line and jump over that thing <laughs> six feet past it every time. A little smirk on his face when he looked left, right. And I knew it was coming, and I was like, you oh, cannot yeah. laugh when Kane flips out. Uncle Kip can't be the fun uncle. That just oh. disrupts everything. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's so funny, too, because to me, it, it was very much a reversal of roles for you and I, because for much of our adult yes, lives, I was the uncle that showed up, and you were here without your family, so you were just kind of solo dolo, and enjoying being able to just kind of do your own thing and not have to worry about any of that. And that was me for the longest of times, right? Show up to Salem and, and just kick it and be the fun uncle that gets to do whatever he, the kids want to do, go buy things for them. And then that was it. Right. And you got a chance to kind of be in that, in that role and just observe, sit back. I, at the time, at least you had had the experience and you've been through it, so you're able to throw in some um, extra parental, uh, give some parental advice and, and give, yeah. go, take action as an uncle right. that has done it before. Me, as the young, dumb, no single guy, no <laughs> nothing idea. To what, offer. What, nothing to offer in any moments in those situations. I was just there and, and just to myself going, man, that, that looks like it's tough. That's good luck. <laughs> good luck, guys. Shout out. I don't know. Yep. I'm not you want some more ice cream, Lincoln? Double yeah. it up. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, UK's in. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's no, so... it was uh, it was fun. Not fun, but it was awesome to see you and Carrie. Obviously, doing your thing as parents, but it is weird as the uncle because you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's how that's how it goes here. Hey guys, we'll go over here. We'll, you can call me dude in the other room. Don't say it out loud though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. but speaking of that, okay, so that goes into our first topic today because we're talking skill sets. So I texted you because we had talked and we were there. Obviously, you and Ke- you and Carrie and Kelly are on the board of directors for the Cassione Foundation. Um, I'm the president. And we were talking about, man, we got a great event coming up. We got all this momentum and none of us really know what the hell we're doing. Right. We're mm-hmm. just kind of we're going with it. We're attacking it. No technique involved. It's just we're going full set at speed ahead. And like all the things we were all discussing we don't have these skill sets and we all have degrees. We all have like, so I, I texted you based on the actual things you use day to day, right? Whether with your kids as a parent, or as you mentioned in your power ballad, getting up to go install, you know, third down packages. And what I'm doing now as an entrepreneur, I don't know how much of the classroom time and we spent hours, like hours, years of our life. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think I majored in the wrong goddamn thing. You know, and I, I don't know if there's any way to like, you can't blame yourself for that because you didn't know. But I don't think what I would want, like if I could go back and say, hey, Willamette University, I'm 18. I have a time machine. I know what I'm going to be in life. I'm going to spend 20 years as a coach and I'm going to launch into entrepreneurialism trying to ch- have social change. 
do you have a major for that? Because <laughs> business economics isn't it ain't it. done. Yep. It ain't it. You're in even for me, who ended up going into the secondary education department and getting my degree in that and going through the best teaching or the best education that I got was the actual experience that I went through as a student teacher. That was everything. All the stuff leading up to that, out the door, completely gone. Yes, there Can is you think no of use to. Or, yes, a lecture now, that. I, no. There was no lecture that changed the course of what, how I saw the world. There was no lecture that, that I attended in that time period that all of a sudden that I can reflect back on now and go, yep, I'm going to use that in my next uh, whatever install meeting or whatever uh, just meeting in general or interaction that I have with my players or, or fellow staff members. It does not ever come up. But the things that I learned or more importantly, actually the confidence that I built with it, my experiences in front of a classroom over the course of my student teaching or some of the other just in-person experiences that I gained are all things that I can utilize and fall back on. Or just from the, like I said, the confidence that you gain with each experience that you're taking. Mm -hmm. uh, that was more invaluable than anything that, uh, from an education standpoint, that degree that I have somewhere, I don't even know where it is. Yeah. It, that has actually provided me. That's a great point. Cause I don't know where the hell mine is either. Either one of mine, the master's degree or the, yeah. and, and that's, and I think you hit it on the head. I remember going in for my master's in teaching the practicum for six weeks at a middle school mm. and then a semester of student teaching at a high school. You're totally right. Like I'm not saying my professors were like stupid. I'm not, no, no. there was expertise from them. Right. Yes. And there yes. was like a framing maybe, yep, but there was no them. way they, yeah. Yeah. They were able they were. to help kind of here's some structure guidelines that you can look at or, or fall back on of how you can structure your classroom, how you can structure each uh, whether it was a lesson plan yeah. or a unit your plan. Goals. Yeah. The goal and how you can go about a process or and create your process in order to be organized and to actually get done what you need to get done. There was a some yeah. of a lot of that within the, um, for me anyway, as far as the, the classroom, actual sitting in a classroom, listening to someone else tell me this is how you can do it, that I was able yeah. to, all right, let me take some of that and put that into usage from that in the student teaching role and see if it works for me or tweak and change some of the things to fit me personally from my style and how I want to go about it. That it's, was so much an analogy. Man. Yeah. Where do I you see don't. it in this analogy with swimming? Yeah. Okay, let's say they were our professors of education because that's what we both ended up doing in a, you know, were they teaching us the strokes? Were they telling us how to decipher deep water from shallow water? Because I, or were they trying to give us like swim trunks and the gear? Mm. That's a, I'm I trying think to it's think. A, it, was a, right? it was a combination, I think, of for the, it was more of, describing what you were supposed to do when you actually got in the pool. Mm, and then the student sorry. teaching was the actual, I'm in the pool now and I've got to utilize what these people have tried to help describe for me or to help me uh, um, 
to help me in my own mind picture what I'm yeah. supposed to be doing. But now I'm in the pool and I gotta I gotta go. And yeah. I've got a student like your stroke teacher ended up being my, yours. Yes, yeah. exactly. They, they and couldn't I've got teach someone you exactly. Yeah. The teacher next to me or my um the person that I was a student teaching for, they were there actually in the water with me. They were the people in the water holding me up and trying to help me as, along the way as I perfected the stroke in order for me to, to actually swim. To do it by yourself. Okay, but so now all the education piece do. was literally we were outside of the pool and they were telling me, to your point, hey, this is when you get in the pool, this is what a backstroke is. This is what you're supposed yeah. to do if this comes up. This is what you're supposed to do if this comes up. And then here you go. Go jump in the pool with this other person and they'll, they'll help you guide along the way. And then there were right. some other courses, um, and it's so funny now because I wrote down from a technological standpoint. Then when I was going through the education piece, there were some classes that tried to teach you some of the things within the classroom that you can utilize, right? Yeah. And none of those things exist in a classroom anymore, like the overhead oh, projector, for example, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Like we don't it's use gone. Have you? I just saw one the other day for the first time in I don't know how many years. And, uh, and I, so they're still out there, but no one ever utilized it. Technology is a those whole things? different like, thing. Yeah. So I, Kelly was talking about this and my wife's been a teacher. She's still teaching 23 mm -hmm. years. And we both, and you probably were trained on it. You roll the overhead yep. and it depended on who you were. Like maybe you cleaned it as you went, or yep. maybe you got a teacher's aid in 2002 and said, yo, Greg, you got, you know what your job is today? I got three rolls of overhead that are all marked up. I need you to erase that. Use it. Yeah. Go get some paper towels and some water spray. Good luck to you, buddy. Yeah. See you yeah. later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, here's one thing uh, that I will say that from a standpoint of, and it wasn't necessarily, it was, I remember one class in particular that we took the time in just practice writing on the whiteboard and learning how to Ooh. write straight lines, write in straight lines. Like, so your words not, don't go down? Correct. Yeah. So your words don't slant a certain way. And that has been something that's a skill that I've been able to carry on through my time, obviously, as the coach. Yeah. And, you probably notice it too when of, it's not done white. Oh, 100%. And there's been other coaches that the first time I really, uh, not the first time, but uh, just recently, this past year and a half, one of my fellow coaches commented on my ability to write in straight lines on my board. It's like, dude, you've got amazing handwriting in how well you keep everything in straight lines and organ. How, how did you get to that point? I was like, I, I secondary education major. I, I think I learned way back in the day and just kind of was able to, over the course of time and experience, perfect it to a certain extent. Yeah. I think there is probably value from yours specifically in sequencing information, right? Yes. How am I going to sequence a new skill, new knowledge? Like I mm. can't just dump, you know, whatever your technique Correct. is. Correct. Correct. As, as an entrepreneur now, I took all these business economics classes and I could draw for you supply and demand graphs. I can still find the marginal return, rate of marginal, point of marginal return, whatever. Well, maybe I can't since I can't even say it out loud. But I don't, I don't know. So maybe those professors who I know were experts in the field and I have great respect for but a lot, I can't remember a class where I was writing down how to sell. And maybe mm -hmm. that was just the, the, the liberal arts version of business economics, since you can't dive right into marketing. 
or you, cause you can't get really specific. You can take 13 classes in the overarching, but like in what I'm doing now, there's so much expertise in my area that I possess, but that means nothing. If I can't get someone to buy it from me, I saw a tweet yesterday that said, if you have a business that doesn't sell, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. I was like, oh shit. Oh no, we can't have, but we have some sales, sales, everybody. But I thought about that. And I think we both mentioned this when we were together, like the human psychology, sociology, just why people do what they do is probably invaluable. I don't know what the major is at Boise State or the Mm -hmm. major is at bigger institutions because they're, or I just don't know the scientific term for it because yeah. all of that is relational. Like why Kyson does what he does, right? Correct. Why do what all of our life is relational. Where was that class? I didn't yeah. take it. I took poetry. I sure did. I should art history. I didn't take yeah. human relations. And I think that's where um, higher education fails as far as the, you have to take these core courses that are supposed to give you this round well-rounded educational experience in none of those core courses or those electives or the core courses that you're supposed to take really at the end of the day as we've talked about actually correspond to anything for you later in life and the same thing in high school really at the at the end of the day it's like why what are we doing this for no, we we all talked about multiple cards, business cards for the foundation, right? We talked yeah. about managing travel for the board, all these mm. things that we're yeah, we can piece together now, or we're likely to go find a YouTube that's got thousands of likes because they're speaking to like real life questions that weren't right. in sophomore year or taxes, right? Exactly, exactly. No, real life experiences. Uh, to your point, if you could just take a course or just get a major in, in people relationships or skills as far as people skills like that would be an awesome course to take people skills and there's certain people that have it naturally and there's others obviously that over the course of time learn how to deal with people and if you can deal with people in most cases you can be successful in really any arena at the end of the day you can be a terrible terrible uh, as far as some of the things that you're supposed to know or you're supposed to be uh, qualified to do within any arena, but if you could deal with people, you're going to be successful at the end of the day. And that's, that makes me think of, you know, you training to be a teacher, you as a coach, me doing the both. You know, what's crazy is I think the teacher in the environment gets exposure to people skills. Cause you got all these kids, but when you're just sitting in a lecture hall, you're not getting people skills. No, right. That environment no is not conducive. None. Which is maybe why sports have such an advantage on transformation, because you do. I mean, even though we all use the film and even those we all, you know, meeting rooms, you Mm -hmm. have to go out. You have to go out and interact at some point. What's he saying? And it's it's huge. What's up, niece? What's he saying? Ava, can you say hi? Hi. Hi, Aves. I can't hear him. Um. But yes, I think at the end of the day, if you could somehow piece together your, a degree for yourself when you step foot on, on any given campus. And to me, it, if I could go back, it would be all about communications and people skills. Obviously, just the overall how, how to educate, like you said before, as far as just the process in which you can start to how you 
get or get information to people in a, in the process in which you do that to where they learn the quickest, fastest, and easiest. And then just the, from a technological standpoint, always being able to stay on top of technology, um, whether it was just writing code, whether it was computer language, all those things, man, if I could go back, that would be the education that I would choose for myself. And if hopefully if, if my kids choose to go that route, hopefully by that time, they will have that ability to piece together a, a degree of sorts that involves all of those types of skills. Yeah, that's so good. Relation with humans and relation with technology. You're that's set. it. That's it. Let's take our first break. Cross the Streams podcast is brought to you by the Cassione Foundation. We exist to raise funds to battle dementia and Alzheimer's in all its forms to support caregiver support services and to eventually expand and be able to support causes and individuals that live in line with the namesake of our foundation, Cassione, Canaanized Dad. To find out more how you can support us, visit our website, CassioneFoundation.org. All right, segment two. All right, man. So this one, I'll tell a quick story. So I texted you this prompt. So I was at, I was presenting at a, uh, there's 20 basketball teams, high school teams at a end of the, end of the summer tournament on the Oregon coast. And I was, I did an all camp presentation on on teams of men stuff. And then I had breakout sessions with each individual team throughout the the weekend. And in one of the sessions, you know, I'm up there doing my thing and I'm talking and something came up in terms of coach, how do you, how do you deal with, you know, obstacles in your life? You know, what, what's, what's, you know, everybody talks about resilience, but what, what does that look like? And I just decided like, Hey guys, you know what I do for a living now? Is I'm a speaker. Right. Are and they're like, yeah. And I'm saying, and I said to them, guys, you know, I had a stutter. Like I grew up and you know this, I grew up with a stutter. Mrs. Tupper. I told them the story of Mrs. Tupper is like my, one of my unsung heroes, she another woman whose shoulders I stand on. Because she used to take me out of elementary school classes, first through sixth grade, and I'd have to go read to her in the janitor. I don't know his name. Um, and I had to eventually, like, find a way to overcome my stutter. And I had a stutter all through college. Like, I even still was like, I took a public speaking class in college. And I think that was like a start of genesis of confidence. But like you, we mentioned in the first segment, I just told them, like, I just had to lean into the obstacle, lean into this trait that I thought was a weakness. And now I don't think I, I still have it occasionally, but I just go, fellas. Long story short, a kid on the team had a stutter and he raised his hand four or five times to participate in the session. And you could tell he was like one nervous. The stutter came out and showed itself. But he came up to me afterwards. It was like a super powerful moment. He said, Coach, man, is I, I really appreciate you sharing about the stutter. Because maybe there's hope for me. And I was like, hell yeah, there's hope for you, man. I said, the goddamn president has a stutter. Joe Biden has a stutter. And he was like, do you have techniques and things you did? And I said, honestly, I do not. That doesn't mean there aren't professionals that have a teaching regimen that can help you. But I just kept using my mouth. I just kept talking, right? So I I texted you, like, if you could go back to your younger self. If I flew back to eight-year-old Kip, who could not get words out, and told him, hey, you know what you're going to do for a living? You're going to talk to teams for 20 years where you're going to be the only voice in the room. <laughs> and then after you get done with that, you're going to go all across the country and give speeches. That kid would look at me like, you. there's no way. That's the yep. stupidest thing I've ever heard. So yep. talk, long story for your turn. What's a trait young Kane would be like, yo, we, we overcame that? What? 
<laughs> I wrote down two. I wrote down two that um, uh, were, I think, obstacles for sure as a, as a young child that uh, I definitely never thought in the moment as a young cane that, that these things would be, I would not have to necessarily worry about them. But more importantly, some of them, one of them came into the complete opposite and has, has turned into something that I, to your point, and, and very similar, is something that I literally do every single day of my life now. So the first one is, is the old temper. Old little Kane had, a, had himself a temper that was just oh, out of control. Yes, he sure did. Out of control, where I could not lose in anything without something being thrown, something being kicked, hit, fights. I don't know how many of your friends that I fought over the course of my young age, but I, I fought quite a few because and when he says I, fight everybody, he means physical altercation. Yeah, like we're not we're not talking hands are thrown. Correct. This is a flat out just all right, enough's enough. I'm gonna fight this dude because he just beat me in a two-on-two basketball game and I didn't like the result. So I'm gonna throw fists at this dude. And these dudes are all three years older than me. And we're just by the kindness of their heart playing with or allowing me to play in the first place because I'm Kip's younger brother and Kip had to take his younger brother everywhere he went. And I'm out there playing with them. And, and if we happen to be in a game that involved win or lose and I lost, things were not good. And uh, that Baseball temper bats, went. Butcher oh, knives. Did, did not matter. Chased with. Exactly. Chased butcher knives, chased people, bats, swung at people, golf clubs fists, feet, you name it. And I utilized it in one way, shape or form in order to get my point across that uh, I, I will not lose. And um, it, it took me a long time to understand that, that yes, that temper is, uh, it's not going to help in the moment. Uh, my competitive nature is good, but you just got to find a way to channel it in the right way. And it took me a long time to channel that uh, temper in the right direction. And I think sometimes I feel I still wish that I had a little bit more, that I didn't um, push it down sometimes so much. I think there's a, there's a healthier, I can be a little bit healthier in the way of which I can let my temper out without being it too much, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's a great time. One. I think my, uh, over the course of my, uh, as I progressed, through adolescence and college days and whatnot, there's part of me that I think still channeled that temper uh, in the right way. I, th I wish I could have utilized it even more sometimes when I look back on it. Um, you know, that's interesting. You say it's such a good one, right? Self-reflection, yeah. self-awareness, because yep. I would argue when people watch you coach, like even friends of mine, like, Oh, I saw your brother on TV on the sideline. They're always like, how's he so calm? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you are your persona now. But they don't know the little kid that was doing 360 Batmans off of fences on the kids, right? <laughs> like, it exactly. is like it's – you remember is, a reflection it, it, point? It is still there. Like, it is there. And it is bad. When it comes out, it is – it's still there in a bad way, right? Like, it's not a, a oh, my God, I'm going to kill somebody type deal. But it's there. When I lose it, I I, I can go with the best of them. And uh, in – I think like to, to that point, what I'm saying is it, I'd love for it to come out every once in a while, a little bit more often at times, but I think I've done such a good job of finding ways to channel it. And, and over the course of my life that, uh, um, 
I'm trying to think of the right way to term it, but regardless, sometimes I, I feel like I could have used it even more, especially in my playing days to a certain extent, if that makes sense. Which is interesting considering how many goddamn tackles you had, right? Yeah. But I, yeah, I like yeah. what you're saying in terms of you do still feel it. Cause I think we get this from, I, don't, I think both our parents are capable of experiencing some fury and some rage in their time. Yes. Right. Yes. Pops being a hurricane, but mom being a very specific lightning strike when she would get going. Yeah. But I, I heard this from uh, Valencia Peterson, coach Val, who was on our pod three, four seasons ago. And it makes me think of what you're talking about with our anger. How, yes, we like, how can I, how can I get, I, I don't know, control. It's the first level. It's like bottle it up. But I tell kids in my sessions all the time, what's the, what's the, what do poop and tears have in common? If you don't get them out, both kill you. Correct. So I think Correct. about with you, like, man, there's some of this, I still feel it bottled up, but where, how do I process it? Cause we're all yep. human, right? If yep. a kid gives up a big play and he's got the back third and it's his goddamn man, mm. you're going to, it's not like, Oh, good job. But you yeah, know, hey, we're okay. We're okay. Yeah. Exactly. There's only so many times you can say that. Yeah. Cause we're not okay. Right. It's not, that's not real. So just trying to still find the, uh, that balance. Uh, it, it's a, it's a day-to-day thing for me all the time. And especially with parenting now, parenting right now is, is the part that's testing me the most coaching. I think I'm, I'm in a good spot. I understand my, where I'm at from and who I am as a coach. And, and uh, I've got no problem with my ability to know when it's time to be stern and demanding in, in a way that needs to be and when to obviously maintain that cool, calm composure, because that's going to be more effective in the end of the day anyway. But from a parenting standpoint, that's the balance I'm trying to find right now is when is it fine, as you, I'm sure, noticed and witnessed over the course of your time here, when is it the appropriate time to show that, um, not necessarily the ultimate, I'm not going to fight my kids, obviously, but when is it appropriate to make sure they learn and understand the standards uh, that which we as parents want them to live by. And when they don't live up to those, when do I unleash the, uh, that temper that is there or is it ever really appropriate? And that's kind of the balance of, of what I'm trying to figure out. Man, that is so timely for me. And I co-sign it um, entirely as I just get hit by my youngest son as he walks by wanting some popcorn. Because I, I don't know even know if it's on when do we unleash our anger as much as when yeah. do we reflect our intensity Correct. right onto to our kids sure, because yeah because to we make have to sure they group. understand that they know yes. that this is important for them to listen. This moment requires intensity of focus. I know, but we have coaching voices like all we Correct. get that from pops, we get that from mom. And we I've heard yours as a parent, and I'm sure your yeah. players have heard yours, but you know what's so crazy? This is such good timing. I was talking to my oldest yesterday and I was talking to him about what he lives by. Right. And he told me kindness and respect. Yeah. But we got into this deep discussion. I said, who do you envision when you say life models that you live by? Who do you envision you're applying those to? And he said, ah, strangers. And I thought to myself, he's not crazy. Like when we you just said it, too. Like I would never do X, Y, Z with my guys. I've got I'm the same way. Like I've got this motto and this intentionality with players. Mm-hmm. But then I don't apply it sometimes to my family, yeah. which is insane. And I talked to my son about the same thing. I said, dude, I love that you're kind and respectful to these randos. But what about Leah and Zadie? What about me and mom? And it was really, you know, I felt mature of him to say, yeah, like, 
I think I probably violate my own beliefs more often at home, which I'm sure I do too. Yes. You know, half the times oh. I throw in the coach speak is with my wife or my kids. And I would never do that in a meeting. Correct. Correct. And that's, you're hundred percent right. And I think that's, I think I try and one of the things I tell my, my players all the time is, is that, that consistency. Like I can't be who I am in the meeting room and then be someone totally different at home with my kids and my wife. That just doesn't make sense at all. I need to be the same consistent person that I am in every aspect of my life or else what, what am I doing? I'm just putting on this front as I go into a meeting room of a person that isn't really me. And I want to be the same person I am as a parent with, with Ava and Kyson that I am as a coach with any one of my DBs or any of the players that I interact with on a day-to-day basis. And I think that consistency in, in who you are as a person just helps you get consistent results from the people that are around you on a day that you're around every day. And in turn, it, it allows you, then the people, people know who you are. They know what to expect from you. And it's not this up and down. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to get today. And I don't, cause the last thing I want my players is to ever feel like, I don't know what, what I'm going to get from coach. I own today, whether he's going to be mad, pissed off dude, or if he's going to be the happy guy. And I don't want my kids to feel the same way where any giving morning, they're not sure which dad's going to come down those stairs, whether we lost on Saturday night or we won on Saturday night, they should get the same father figure that they feel like they get every morning, whether it's a Sunday morning or a Tuesday morning on my vacation where I wake up and I'm, it's, I should be the same exact person. Is that's and I think you're speaking to what we would all say, and we would probably all like this on Twitter when someone says, "Treat your players like your kids," right? Yes. And we're all like, "Yeah, yeah," but, but do we treat our players like we do. We treat our kids like as we well as players. we treat our players. Or do we take you're talking, on that? I'm, yes, yeah. I'm thinking about ways that? I failed in that. Yeah, because I'll flash on my kids in ways I would jump an assistant's ass if he flashed on a player yeah. the way like, I. What are you doing? I was, Why like, are I do you? My, yeah. There's no question. And so, yeah, just trying to be, and it's, it just makes for, I think over the course of my time trying to do that and emulate that as much as possible is just life in general seems to be a little bit easier when you're not trying to be something that you're not in any facet of your life. Yeah. What was your second one? And then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. Um, And then my second piece would be, I was very much a shy introvert growing up and could not for the life of me. And I know you struggle with the um, stuttering. And for me, it was just flat out being a shy introvert, not wanting to be in front of people and speak. Like a little social Um, anxiety. Yes. Where I couldn't do it. Like I was anxious. I couldn't do it. I remember Mrs. Debman's class in fourth grade I had to give a special or a civil rights or not civil rights but civil war speech in fourth grade and I could not do it I did everything in my power to not do it I I lied my ass off as far as whether or not I had done this speech and whether if it was prepared not or not and I came up with all sorts of excuses to where so I didn't have to do it until finally Mrs. Debman called our house and asked mom specifically, hey, what's going on? Kane said he had this, this, or this. And in turn, 
obviously mom confronted me on the issue and I was like, uh-huh. yeah, I just don't want to do this civil war speech. And I didn't know so that eventually, at all. I didn't never heard that. Oh yeah. Eventually I had to do it. And it was absolutely one of the most painful things where I'm up there in front of, and this is elementary school, fourth grades, 12 people in this class at the most, if I remember right. Right. It's not a big class, but I did not want to stand in front of my peers and deliver any type of speech at all. I was fumbling through my note cards that I had wrote. I was going around my back like it was a basketball because I was so nervous and I just couldn't do it and struggled with any type of speech giving or speaking publicly for a long time. And then um, Shelly Dolan's class, sophomore year in high school, had to give a speech again and had again struggled in every area coming into this as far as speeches and the anxiety. And But for whatever reason, the topic I was talking about, Michael Jordan, was my topic. I prepared for it and went up there and killed it. And from that moment on, was able to, for any public speaking thing, just kind of go back to that moment of that sophomore English class talking about Michael Jordan and all the preparation and knowledge I had on the topic. And it just allowed me to realize that, all right, it's no different than if I'm going out and playing a basketball game or a football game, that preparation that goes into those moments and why I was able to excel in those moments is because of the preparation and everything that I had done up to that point. And I attacked every speech essentially like that. I, I prepared my ass off for every social or any type of public speaking that I had to do from that point going forward. And it allowed me to obviously be more and more comfortable, but I still get the anxious feelings. I still get that shyness when it comes to certain uh, arenas in, but because I can always go back to that moment of, ah, just prepare, prepare, prepare. You're going to be fine. Which is why you are doing the power ballot in the morning and getting your ass up at four 30 before yeah. your install meeting. Cause you're going to go Correct. make your perfect damn lines. In that is, a, so, it made me think, first of all, Shelly Dolan, shout out KIF supporter, yeah. her son, yep. Nate Dolan, one of our idols growing up, even though he didn't go yep. to Skyview because his yep. swag level was through the roof. Um, but she gave you, she didn't teach you how to swim as much as give you a pool that you had yes. to go do it. Right. Back to our yes. first thought. Exactly. That's insane. Exactly. And just that being able to talk about a topic that you enjoy talking about, right. Was another piece of, for me, I was able to rely on the information I already, the knowledge I already had on Michael Jordan. And then a book that I read leading up to it and all the notes that just that preparation of it that allowed me to go up there and just reel off this amazing speech and then um i think it was uh, also uh was it sixth grade when i did a debate on ufos in a similar yes. deal where unsolved yeah, mysteries like, paid off where whether or not ufos existed and it was the same thing right i was able to find a just prepare for it and was able to come up with arguments and, and things that uh allowed me to speak in front of my peers for the first time comfortably. Um, those two moments have, have kind of helped me uh, get away from the introvert that I naturally am and become very comfortable in a public speaking situation. But it was not 
something that I would go back and tell myself as a young fourth grader, like, hey, man, guess what? You're going to be doing this for the rest of your life, every day of your life. You're going to be in front can, of people. I'm just picturing speaking. you doing behind the back on air right now. <laughs> yes. I want you to do with, that the next with, time you have the secondary in front of you. Yeah, I I'm want you to go just, behind the back. Just from straight nerves. And I didn't know what else to do with it. was like the Anchorman or uh, the uh, Talladega Knights where he's up there and he doesn't quite know what to do with his Ricky hands, Bob. right? And the interview yeah. speed, and, and he's not quite sure. That's how I was. I wasn't quite sure what to do with my hands or my note cards. So naturally I went to my basketball skills and, and was just going behind the back with, with note cards over and over again. If I could, yeah, I want to go back before you tell that kid, everything's going to be all right. I just want a video of that kid doing that. And oh, then I, I want to play it. it for the hundreds of players love, that you've coached. Exactly. I would love to go back and see some of the just young Kane and, and, <laughs> watch some of the things that in my mind I have in my mind, what I like, I bet my speech in sophomore class was probably not that good. I guarantee it was not probably not great by any means, but uh, just in my mind, just the confidence that that moment built me was, is amazing. That's phenomenal. So we got at the end of it, everybody, we've got a stutterer, an introvert rage machine that couldn't speak in front of people. And now they've spoken to thousands of humans about important things. Cross the street.